And the award for best album of the year goes to Letters to Our Father, Welcome to Bastard Bastard Science. Science. <laughs> But you don't know how to use a board. Don't stop me crying, it's the sound of the time. We wrote the song when we saw the incident with the children. Miners back in 2014. Yeah. It is a pleasure to have them here performing All their hit song, Emma is our star. Who is the bastard assigned them? One is to strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. The struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail Not over laws anymore. and institutions. Being transformed! <laughs> we decided to hire a producer. Yes, we found him on this website called Craigslist. Sorry. I don't trust Craigslist anymore. I don't trust Craigslist. Uh, you're of planking? I am very into it. And Spice crossed the finish line! We spent three years making this album. And finally, most importantly, We'd really like to thank our daddy. Even though you were never really there for us, you somehow always were there for us. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Tragic news out of Glendale, California today. The bodies of the bastard Seinfelds, the best musicians of our time, President Biden is expected to address the nation this afternoon. I'm still not over it. I am as above, and I'm gonna miss the bastard But right now, I'm gonna go get the pizza. Life just won't be the same without them. March 15th, 2021, Glendale, California. The Christus Miracle Statue. Two artists, fresh off the historic win, dangling limb from limb in the arms of Jesus. That was where, in the early morning hours of March 16th, the bodies of Matt and Amanda Seinfeld were found. Their limbs were pulled up with the rope they used to play double dutch with just moments before. Their arms and legs were severed at the joints and strung up to resemble a Christ figure. It was awesome. The gruesome scene is unlike anything we've seen in our 20 years of research. From the location, to the body placement, to the Sarah Palin bobblehead, there are more questions than answers. But we are here to uncover what it is that happened that night. I'm Chad Kenworth. I'm Tilly Tillweathers. And this is Double Dismembered. It all began one day when my father was murdered by the Zodiac Killer. I was captivated. It isn't every day that your own flesh and blood are slaughtered by one of the most celebrated and fashionable killers of all time. It was hard on my mom, especially since she knew she would never be as cool in my eyes. This gave me a thirst that could only be quenched by following the most gruesome acts by the most notorious killers. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I was on a commercial flight bound to LA, sitting next to the one and only Carrie Fisher. All was well when suddenly she went into cardiac arrest. I looked into her cold, glossed eyes while the medic examined her lifeless body, officially declaring her dead. The surrounding passengers panicked, but I found it fascinating. It was the first time I remember feeling joy. Since then, I wanted to sink my teeth into every famed, dead body there was and I wouldn't stop until I got dangerously close. Fast forward to 2020. Enter Parlor. Both of us spent most of our times on the true crime platform before it got shut down. The last board we messaged on? Solving the death of the dog from the Harrison Ford film, Call to the Wild. We messaged each other back and forth, both enthralled by our theories and intellect. We knew from the start that we were two magnets bound together in an otherwise non-magnetic world. We decided to meet when news hit of Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. I'll always remember the intoxicating smell of the burning flesh as I walked towards the hill. 
That was when our eyes first met. From there, a partnership was formed. Since that day, we knew we had it in this too. Compete in Fear Factor, win the Great British Baking Show, and solve the next great celebrity crime. God answered our dear prayers when the bastard Seinfelds were gruesomely murdered and torn apart. Amen to that. So, here we are, ready to put our God-given skills to work and accomplish what we always set out to do. Find out what happened to Matt and Amanda Seinfeld. This episode is brought to you by Chia Pets, the hits. We're putting all of our most sold items back in stock, from Vanessa Hudgens to Kurt Cameron to Brendan Fraser. Get it at your nearest Best Buy now. Let's set the scene. We know that the two stars were found in the Forest Lawn Cemetery. On their persons was a Sarah Palin bobblehead and Bubba Gump sweatshirts. While there are witnesses who are able to fill in a few gaps of where they went after the ceremony, we are unsure of how they ended up at the graveyard. For us, it wasn't just who they were and why they were killed, it was how they were found. How did they get from the Staples Center near downtown LA all the way up to Glendale? And why did they have a Sarah Palin bobblehead on them when we know they wanted Ron Paul to be vice president? Do they have enemies? People who would rather see them dead than to create another album to warm our souls after a long, hard day? And if they did have enemies, what could they possibly have done to warrant such a gruesome, albeit awesome, death? If this case were about regular, run-of-the-mill people, unlike Tilly and myself, then sure, it would be sad. But for something so gruesome to happen to such a group so prolific, it's a downright tragedy. So, let's get into it. On March 14th, the Grammy ceremony ended at approximately 9pm. After the show, we know that most of the artists who attended left to go to the after party at the Seftel Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. According to surveillance cameras, the Seinfelds arrived at 9.17pm. They were pictured with Eminem, Weird Al Yankovic, and Susan Boyle. We spoke with a few attendees who interacted with the bastards that night. We got the DJ to play Thomas is the love of our lives. And we got Jiggy with it. I got a picture with them and I got them to sign my own How to Solve the Israel and Palestine Conflict shirt. We caught up with fellow nominee Harry Styles about what it was like to hang with them that night. I'm the biggest fan. One of my lifelong dreams was to have tea and crumpets with them and talk shit about the other Harry and Meghan. So you could say it was just a dream come true for me. At some point between 9 and 10 p.m., tabloids reported the Seinfelds got into an altercation with Lizzo. For those who are so ignorantly unaware of the ongoing feud between Lizzo and the bastard Seinfelds, it began when the Seinfelds misinterpreted Lizzo's hit song, Good As Hell, assuming that she meant that hell was indeed good. Unfortunately for the Seinfelds, Lizzo was a stout Christian and would not tolerate their devilish ways. The altercation led them to leave the party and, for reasons unbeknownst to us, dine at Bubblegum Shrimp with fellow nominee Bonnie Iver. We spoke with the employees of the establishment, and they all confirmed that Iver is a frequent patron at the Universal CityWalk location. We interviewed his waitress that night, Tracy, for more details. Bon comes in every night and is always very kind. He actually writes a lot of his songs here. He wrote a song with my name called April Flowers Don't Bring May Showers. But your name is Tracy. So? Phone records show that they called an Uber at 11.07 that night from the restaurant to their Glendale apartment. 
their Uber driver, Willie, remembers them as obnoxious and trying out aggressive dance moves. I don't know, man. I planned on driving all night, but they ended up being my last ride because they kept on screaming their album at the top of their lungs and giving me wet willies. I had to give them the Sarah Palin bobblehead just to shut them the fuck up. The only mystery we've solved thus far, the bobblehead. Outside of their apartment, a neighbor spotted them challenging a child to a double dutch competition. Before turning back to her television, she spotted them walking away with the rope in their hands. At 11.40pm, their cell phone records show that they received a call from an unknown number that lasted for two minutes. They presumably made their way to the cemetery. After that, details are fuzzy. About an hour later, the custodian reported two bodies hanging from the crisis statue in the cemetery's main square. Their bodies were hanging from the statue by what appears to be the jump rope they used earlier in the night. The rope appeared to be frayed, leading investigators to believe they were strung to the top. We analyzed police files from the scene and noted a few inconsistencies. For example, the lack of blood found at the scene would most likely indicate that they were killed and dismembered elsewhere, and their bodies were dumped here. Not everybody knows this, but severing limbs causes excessive blood loss and, more likely than not, the perpetrator would have left something behind. Police took blood samples at the scene, but the case file shows that the DNA samples were never processed because they were misplaced. This is what us true crime connoisseurs call an ACAB moment. No murder weapon was found on the scene, but we did our own research with our high-end software, Google Street View, to do a brief search of the area. Nothing was recovered. Initial autopsy reports list official cause of death as blood loss and mutilation, but a more detailed report will be released at a later date. The police did a search of their apartment and found some peculiar things. Most notably, a large chunk of what appears to be a piece of the plane from missing Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 hanging on their wall. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Giving the bastards history, the prime suspect in this case is their estranged father. He's been engulfed in a media circus ever since their album was released, and his lack of response to the claims could be seen as incriminating. Not to mention their blatant threats against his wife and children in their song, Letters to Our Father. Hold our guns outside of your house for your wife, The following is a recording of Jerry's first interaction with the police. Does it make you happy to think about them dead? Yes, you name it, I can't stand it. This is a serious matter, Mr. Seinfeld. Where were you the night they died? I wasn't going to Disneyland, okay? That's not, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> You're a funny guy, Mr. Seinfeld. Was their father, the man who gave them life, the one who took it away? And will we, crime experts Chad Kenworthy and Tilly Tilwithers, solve this crime and become the new Nancy Grace? The answer may surprise you. This season, on Double Dismembered. How could you? That's who killed them? You threw a grape at me. Why won't you just admit you threw a grape at me? My ear is not supposed to bend that way. I tried to smother myself with a pillow last night. Why are you hiding my dayquil? You know I can't sleep without it. I thought I could trust you, but now I know I cannot trust you. This is still an active investigation. If you have any information on this case, please contact us, not the local authorities, at thebastardseinfelds.com.